0: You're listening to The Heart and Hustle Podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the show, my friend. If you've been a listener for a while and haven't yet hit that subscribe button, make sure to do so so you never miss an episode that we drop twice a week. And if you are a brand new listener, thank you just so much for tuning into today's show. On this podcast, we mix heartfelt conversations on life and faith with encouraging and intentional business and marketing tips. And we just love to jam on all things marketing and going after your God-given dreams. So now that you're fully versed in what you can expect on this show... Let me just, oh, okay. I need to take a minute to collect myself because today's guest is none other than the Heart Conference's keynote speaker, Donald Miller. Just, okay, just a collective moment for my mouth to drop on the floor. Listen, if you are a business owner wanting to up level your marketing in any, any, any way, you don't you dare. Don't you dare turn off. Don't you go anywhere. You have to keep listening to this episode. Donald Miller is the CEO of StoryBrand, and every year he helps more than 3,000 business leaders clarify their brand message. Combined, Don's books have spent more than a year on the New York Times bestsellers list. His books include Blue Like Jazz, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, Scary Close, and his newest release, Hero on a Mission. Don is widely considered one of the most entertaining and informative speakers in the world, and his thoughts on story have deeply influenced leaders and teams for Pantene, Ford Lincoln, Chick-fil-A, Intel, and thousands more. Okay, guys, today we talked with Don about one of our favorite books of his, Building a Story Brand. It's one of the most powerful business marketing books that we've honestly ever read, and it is on our annual repeat read list. In this episode, Don shares the biggest mistakes that small business owners make in their marketing and the solution that you can begin to utilize now. We discussed how to speak to your ideal customer and actually how to get their attention and stand out, how to communicate clearly and eliminate the confusion in your brand messaging that's costing you freaking big time. And he shares some powerful mindset shifts and business advice that you need to hear. This episode is a fire hose worth of information and tools, and you just don't want to miss out. So keep on listening. I will shut up now and let's welcome Don to the
1: show. Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Don, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so honored to have you on the show and even more prompts that we'll all be in person here soon at the end of the month for the Heart Conference. And you're the keynote speaker. So we're just really excited for this and for the conference.
2: Well, I'm looking forward to being with you guys.
1: Oh, that'll be so yes. fun. Okay. For our listeners, though, who maybe aren't super familiar with your books or who you are, would you mind just giving them like the inside scoop of who you are and what you do?
2: Oh, gosh. I think it's easier for me to introduce somebody else than... Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wrote books for years, wrote memoirs. And then when I wrote my seventh memoir, the publisher wanted an eighth and, and nothing else had happened. So I said, I don't have an eighth <laughs> memoir. Um, I, and I, so I just did a little side project and wrote a business book and that business book took off. So I'm enjoying a second career as a business book writer and, uh, and teaching people how to clarify their message and teaching small businesses how to grow their small business. So it's been an interesting career, you know, a memoirist kind of staring uh, at his belly button for 20 years. And now <laughs> the next 20 years, figuring out how to grow a small business. <laughs> I had to. Sometimes people will say, does anybody ever confuse you with the guy? wrote memoirs. And I'm like, yes, my <laughs> wife actually often confuses me with that. <laughs> that's funny. Um, uh, yeah. So two different careers and they've, they've, I've, they've both been incredibly enjoyable.
1: Oh, I well, love
0: that. We, we literally rave about building a story brand to every single person that we encounter. It, it's been just like revolutionary to our businesses um, as well as, as many others. And I know that that's it's one that we genuinely recommend to everybody. But for anybody who hasn't maybe heard about StoryBrand, that's what we're kind of going to dive into today. Could you break down just what StoryBrand is in simple terms for our listener?
2: Well, basically, it's a message clarification framework. And what I mean by that is if you've ever struggled with how to talk about your brand, your products, your idea, your vision, whatever, if you've, tr- if you've struggled to say, here's what it is. Uh, and to say that in such a way that people lean in and say, I, I, "You got to tell me more." That's what this framework does. It helps you filter all of those ideas that you have through mm-hmm. uh, uh, a system that spits out at the end a series of sound bites that makes everybody super interested. And then you use those sound bites, you know, in, in elevator pitches. You use them when you give a keynote. You use them uh, on your website. You can send them out in emails. And, you know, you just pretty much uh, have the ability to explain what you're offering in such a way that people find it or, or can see the value in it. Of course, that translates into sometimes millions of dollars and millions of votes. I work with a lot of politicians. So, you know, it, it translates into being heard and understood. And if you're a leader, it translates into people following you and getting on board with your message. So uh, it's, it's been well received. And I'm, and I'm grateful for that because I've gotten to work with some really awesome companies and some really awesome leaders.
1: Mm, That's so cool. I think it's so important too in in marketing. I'd be curious to hear what you would say to this, Don. but I feel like one of the biggest issues with especially entrepreneurs, well, I guess anyone, really trying to market their business is... And Lindsay and I have just been recently talking about this because we were outlining our our main stage talk for the conference. And we were like, a lot of the struggle comes from people, both the business owner and the, the customer, not having clarity on... What they're even doing, what they're saying, and I I love that you just simplified, you know, story brand down to like, oh, it helps you communicate what you offer, so that people, you know, recognize that, oh, I want it, I need it, you know, I this will change my life or impact me. So you talk in story brand about, you know, a lot about like the the parts of a story. And I think you talked specifically about like the seven parts of the story. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to walk us through those, uh, what they are and how they work?
2: Yes. Um, well, you know, whenever you're addressing an audience, the first thing you want to do is talk about whatever problem it is that you're there to solve. And, uh, that, or, or, or problem you're there to talk about the solution of, you know, if, um, if you walk to the center of the stage, you say, my name is Don Miller, and I'm, I'm a memoirist, and I grew up in Texas, and I come from Portland, Oregon. I, that's where I live now, and my wife is Betsy. You know, the audience is sort of waiting to figure out wh- why they need to pay attention to you. Yeah. And after about eight seconds, they give up, and, and they start to daydream. It's not that they don't like you. They just start to daydream. They start to think about other things. Really, what the audience, the audience is asking one question. What problem can you help me solve? That's it. That's the only question they're they're asking. And um, unless you tell them what that problem is within about eight seconds, they're going to tune out. And that happens to be the very first thing that happens in any story. You've got a, a protagonist, a hero that shows up on screen, and it's suddenly made very clear that they are about to um, be separated from the love of their life, and they're not. They don't know how to find them, or you know, their family left them, their their huge family left them behind at Disney World and uh, <laughs> they've got to find their way back home or reunite with their family. Or Frodo's got to destroy the ring and in the in the fires of Mordor. Or Daniel and the Karate Kid has to win the Karate Tournament. There's some sort of problem that the hero has to overcome. Mm-hmm. And whenever I say, whenever people say, Don, I, I you know, I've got to give a speech, you know, help, help me figure out what to talk about, the very first question I ask is, what problem are you going to solve? Because it's, it's really the only reason anybody pays attention. And, and so if you walk to the middle of the stage and you say, uh, thanks for having me, everybody. Almost everybody in this audience has struggled with X. And it's made you feel terrible. It's made you feel alone. And I want to talk about a solution that I've discovered to X. And I think you're going to like it. You have the entire audience. They are in because the people that we, we believe are valuable and the and I hate that there, there are people that we deem as, as worth paying attention to people that we deem is not worth paying attention to right yeah people that we deem is worth paying attention to are people who solve problems and people who don't we don't pay attention to and mm-hmm. so if we want to res- be respected admired followed whatever we just need to be people who, who are known for solving a problem and and there's nothing wrong with that it's not the, that's not the truth about whether or not human beings are valuable they're priceless no matter what but it is how, it is how we are perceived in the world. So it starts with a problem. And then, uh, after that you position yourself, your product, whatever vision you have for the world as the solution to that problem. And so, um, if it's your idea, if it's your, your chemical equation, if it's your, you know, whatever it is that this is the solution to the problem. And what we find is that and that's also the second thing that happens in a story is we, 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 are position, we are presented with the solution to whatever problem it is that the hero has. We know that in order to marry the love of his life, our hero has to convince that that woman that, that if she marries his brother, she's going to hate her life because he's just <laughs> a jerk. And he's always been a jerk and he's always bullied me. You know, well, That's the story, right? Yeah. And, uh, and we have to know that. So now we know where the story is going. It's going to this solution. And if it gets there, it's going to be a, a comedy. And if it doesn't, it's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And, and stories in both ways, and they can be satisfying either way. But yeah. um, so we position ourselves as the product that are the solution to that problem, or the product that has the solution to the problem. Um, you know, after that, uh, you know, it goes on and on. It, it, it's 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 a two hundred fifty page book, but <laughs> you know, it, the idea is that there is actually a formula. Through which you present information that will keep people interested. Mm-hmm. And if you don't use that formula, uh, it will not, people will actually lose interest very, very quickly. And so, what, what I love, and I know what you guys love, is you know, it just feels like so often in culture that, that the, peop- the people who don't really have a good vision for the world um, are good at this. And the people who actually ha- have really beautiful solutions to problems in the area of criminal justice and And, uh, and, you know, refugee displacement, they're not good communicators and it drives me crazy. And I just think, gosh, these are the really good people and they deserve the microphone. And so I love going around teaching this formula to these folks because they start using it and more people start paying attention to the good stuff in the world rather Mm. than the bad stuff.
0: So good. Well, a lot of our audience is um, budding entrepreneurs or current small business owners. And I think just based on the framework that you said, and and obviously like we, again, like go if you're listening to this, read Building a Story Brand, it'll blow your mind. But um, I think a lot of business owners specifically position themselves in the position of like the hero, which I know you talk about in the book. But why do you think we do that like naturally versus positioning ourselves as the guide, like you recommend?
2: Yeah, well, let me break down the hero and the guide first. You know, the hero is the character in the story that has the problem and is trying to overcome the problem in order to win the day, right? So the hero is trying to win the, the uh, karate tournament. The hero is trying to get the raise. The hero is trying to win the court case on behalf of the, you know, the victim. Uh, you, the, the story is really about the hero. There's, there's this other character that pops up in the story, though, and that character is the guide. And the guide is Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins. The guide is um, the character that has already probably conquered the hero's problem in their own backstory. You know, they've won those court cases. They've won those karate tournaments. They've they've already done this. And the guide uh, begins to help the hero win the day. Brands make a mistake when they position themselves as the hero. Because yeah. the hero is weak, uh, the hero is uh, unwilling to take action, the hero is ill-equipped, the hero is in desperate need of help, <laughs> and the guide, on the other hand, is the person who is sh- the strongest character in the story, they've already conquered the, the fears that the hero is, is up against, they know how to get the hero out, and subconsciously what happens with all of our customers, they're actually not looking for another hero, they're looking for a guide. And mm-hmm. so when we, in and we talk about ourselves like heroes and talk about how great we are and talk about our own journey and talk about how we're trying to grow our company and talk about our personal goals, the customer senses that we're a hero. And they think to themselves, well, I'm a hero and they're a hero. So I hope they really get what they want. And their story turns out, I need to go find a guide who can help me win the day. Mm. It's the difference between a real estate agent who, you know, meets somebody and says, oh, I hear you're looking for a real estate agent and you're new to the area. I, I happen to be an agent and I'm growing my own my own practice here and uh, uh, I'm trying to be the number one real estate agent in town and I used to be the number one over in this market, but then I moved to this market and if I sell three more homes this year, I meet my quota. And that's not a very interesting real estate agent, right? <laughs> yeah. so they're, they're a hero in their own story about trying to be a great real estate agent. But if that mm-hmm. real estate agent said, I hear that you're new to town and you're looking for a real estate agent, let me ask you, what does what your dream house look like? And what did you hate about your old house? And if you could live in any part of town, what part of town? Now I'm the guy trying to figure out what sort of story the hero is in. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help them win, And that's the exact person that they're looking for. And the problem is most of us as small business owners and leaders, we don't realize we're positioning ourselves as the hero and turning the customer off when there's just a few things that we could do to position ourselves as a guide and be the person, be the brand, be the product, be the leader that they've been looking for. You know, and two of those things to position ourselves as the guide are empathy and authority. And empathy is, you know, I, I feel your pain and I understand your frustration and and authority is, and I know exactly how to get you out because I've done it for a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And when we have empathy toward our customer and understand their frustration and their pain but also can demonstrate a competency to help them get out of it, we become the guy that they're looking for and and business goes up.
1: I love that. Don, I, I don't know if I'm derailing the conversation here. So if this is too broad of a question for the time we have today, feel free to just tell me. But I'm curious in that question, so you just released your next book um, here on a mission and it is so good and I know it's it's more the conversation that we're gonna be having at the conference but my my th- question is that in that book you talk a lot about you know the the different roles that we play in our own lives and you know being the hero the villain the victim you know all of those is it because in our lives as human beings naturally our tendency is to you know, look at ourselves to feel like the main character, whether we're playing the villain or the victim or the hero. Is that why we have such trouble as business owners or communicators switching from like the hero position into the guide?
2: It really is. The the truth is we actually play all four characters that you find in stories every day. You play the victim, the villain, the hero, and the guide every day. And the more you play the victim, the villain, the worse your life gets. And the more you play the hero and the guide, the better your life gets. Mm. Um, thankfully, almost everybody, you know, mostly plays the hero and the guide, but all of us probably every day at some point will slightly fall into victim mentality. Right. Especially if there's like a Reese's peanut butter cup around <laughs> so nobody can help us True. Always, always. and the Reese's peanut butter cup in that context plays the villain, but the <laughs> But yeah, you know, you get the idea. And, you know, here on a mission is really about that. It's not about building a business. It's it's taking all this and saying, how do we use this to improve our lives? Yeah. And the reality is those who self-identify in a heroic role that is willing to face challenges, willing to have a clear objective, willing to learn from mistakes, um, willing to somehow serve the world, those are the people who actually have experienced the most meaning in their lives. And, yeah. and in order to become a guide, you, you have to play the hero for a long time. Guides are just experienced heroes. That's all they are. So the mm. worst and most important thing you could do in life is, is, and when I say see yourself as a hero, most people think, well, isn't that a grandiose, you know, self-identity? And I, I don't mean it in the sense that you might think. I mean it in the sense that heroes get up and try. They get up and work towards something every day. Victims give up and look for a rescuer. Villains attack people and try to make others small. Uh, guides have experienced life as a hero and turn around and help other heroes win. Those four roles you can find inside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the more we play the hero, the better off our life will be. When it comes to running a small business or when it comes to stepping up as a leader In terms of the way we interact with the public, not the way you interact with your close friends or your family or those sorts of things, you know, but the the way we interact with the public, if we're representing a brand or a product or small business, we need to be the guide because they actually aren't looking for a hero. They're looking looking for a guide, somebody who knows how to solve their problem. So different contexts for different parts of our lives
0: calling all entrepreneurs. Are you ready for a biz boost in 2022? Tired of feeling alone or struggling to figure out this whole entrepreneur thing by yourself? Well, great because we have your solution. We are hosting an in-person business conference in Nashville, Tennessee on April 25th through 28th, 2022. And this
1: isn't your traditional boring corporate like conference either. I mean, do you even know Evie and I? (laughs) Yes. The Heart Conference is a place for creative business owners and dreamers of all kinds to come together, experience community, learn business and marketing strategies that will help you grow and scale your business all while having the friggin' best time of your life. So get ready to be empowered in your business and life so you can go out and break down every barrier that is holding you back from achieving your goals. All right. And listen to our speaker lineup. Legit. All right, we have Jordan Lee Dooley, Paige Griffith of The Legal Page, Zim Flores, Angie Lee, as well as Lindsay and myself, and our keynote speaker, Donald Miller of Freaking Story Brand. Like,
0: yes. Yeah. So basically, are you like ready to explode your business and build community in just three days? Because if so, it's time to learn some hardcore marketing and sales strategies that will grow your business beyond what you could ever imagine. Get paid to do what you love, speak to the heart of your ideal client, nip that feeling of loneliness in the bud, connect with a community of like-minded creative entrepreneur besties, receive over 12 hours of hardcore business education, dance your pants off at our heart dance party, and listen to seven industry leaders teach you everything they
1: know. Yeah, it's a lot in just three days. Buzz gonna be good. (laughs) If you are ready to give your business a jumpstart in 2022 and lead in your business empowered, come join us at the HEART Conference. You can find out more at theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference. Hello, photographers. We have some life-changing news for you, so listen up. Do you feel like your life is being sucked away by editing these days? Like, Raise your hand if 99% of what you do right now is stare at a computer screen manually editing hundreds, if not thousands, of images at a time. Well, then listen up because this is about to literally change your life.
0: Introducing Batch AI, a Lightroom plugin that uses artificial intelligence to batch edit at lightning speed. The tech reads your edit and bases its edits off of your style throughout your gallery, which is mind blowing. All you have to do is edit a few sample edits from each different lighting scenario for the software to read, and then the program takes it from there and begins to match your ideal edits throughout the rest of your gallery. Basically, you train the program to edit just like you and save hours of your time.
1: The founder and creator of Batch AI, Sean, has been our personal photo editor for over four years, and he is absolutely genius and thorough in everything he does, and this program is no exception. A couple of features that are just the coolest is that Batch AI smart crops and straightens your images, can replicate brush and gradient tools you use, as well as can smartly identify your black and white images, excluding them from editing in color. Like, what <laughs> literally it's literally insane.
0: So to test out Batch AI today go to batch.ai and use code heart hustle for life using numerical 4 for 25% off your first purchase. That's heart hustle for life and the link and the code will be in the show notes. Yeah, mm. so I'm I'm hearing like basically the the hero on a mission book is more about your life, your the mean finding the meaning in your life. We play the hero in that role, but when it comes to small business owners speaking to the public, you, you say to like turn it on its head and actually play the guide not the hero so that you're actually helping your ideal client get to you know win the day in their own journey correct
2: that's exactly it
0: Awesome. I, I would actually love maybe an example. So a lot of our photographers, or sorry, a lot of our listeners okay. are small business owners, photographers, service-based industry providers, things like that. And when you said that the hero um, should provide empathy and authority, could you give us maybe a practical example? Of, like, say, like we use the the example of like a wedding photographer. What could be two ways that a photographer could like provide empathy or authority to like the public? When they're trying to market their business,
2: well, what, in terms of authority, in terms of competency, the the photographer is want going to want to show, demonstrate that they've done you know a hundred weddings and they've all gone well, and that's mostly going to come out in their portfolio. And you look at the pictures and you know whether or not this person knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That is a box that gets checked though. When you're looking for a photographer, you want to see that they know what they're doing, and when they do, that competency box gets gets checked. The next thing though is really counterintuitive. What the what, and because the customer will never be able to articulate it, but they certainly feel it. And that is, am I going to be special to you? It, you know, is my wedding going to be special to you? And are you going to are you going to really put out the effort as though um, this was your daughter's wedding or this was your best friend's wedding or something like that? That is actually a subconscious question. And mm-hmm. so, for them to say something like, "We know that your wedding day," Is one of the to- will likely be one of the top three most important days of your life. That's all they need to hear. Yeah, you know, you see what I'm saying. That's yeah. all they need to hear. And then they go, "This person gets it. Yeah, this person understands." And uh, the more sort of empathetic, you know, we'd never want to miss that shot. And you you will always want to look back and remember how much fun people had at your wedding. We capture that. You know, those sorts of things are very strong empathetic statements. And what you'll find is that People will often choose empathy, even over competency. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll say, well, this this person took great photos, but I don't sense that they really understand that this is really special to me. And this other person is a good photographer, not clearly not as good as this one, but gosh, they, you know, they get it. This is the really special. And you'll choose empathy. And um, the other thing is you'll pay more for it. It, it's fascinating. It's, it's, you know, we're not exactly rational creatures, <laughs> uh, true. but really what we're choosing when we're choosing empathy is we're choosing survival
1: mm-hmm.
2: because subconsciously every person feels as though they are in a life raft, a drifted sea, and they're looking around for the people who will never throw them out. Mm-hmm. And when we position ourselves as that kind of brand, I see you, I care about you. People cling to us.
1: Yeah. I think that's so good. I think that's important to recognize too. You know, it's not just about not only being good at your work, but also just like sitting there being like, I'm the best, I'm the best photographer. I'm the number one. It's, you know, that's not, that's not what attracts people.
2: At least most people. Unless there's a lot more of, yeah, there's a, there's this secret. You guys are going to love this. There's this, this secret formula that I accidentally discovered through some friends of mine who run a fine dining restaurant. So, they run a fine dining restaurant, and I, I won't name it, but it's, you know, James Beard Awards, all that kind of stuff. I think they've won 20 Wine Spectator Grand Awards in a row Whoa. in years. So nice. It, you know, it is a very nice restaurant, and I, I just happen to have kind of become friends with these people when I was a kid. But well, I grew up really, really poor. I mean, we, you know, we could, we had to eat at McDonald's with coupons. We're not going to a fine dining restaurant. <laughs> I always had this view of that restaurant that it was just above me. And, You know, time went on, started a company, did well, you know, got married. And and for the first time ever, took my wife on our honeymoon to that restaurant and discovered within 60 seconds that these people are not snooty. They're not elitist. They're not, there's nobody who would not be welcome at that restaurant. You were made to feel so incredibly comfortable at that Mm -hmm. restaurant. And since then, I took my mom back, I took my entire staff there, you know, because it just felt like these people. And there's, there's something to this formula of you are so much better than me, but you accept me as an equal. Mm. And there's, there's a psychological formula there. And I don't know what it is, except it's affirming to the person that you're talking to. So, yeah. but, but that does mean though, is as a brand, what you can't do is say, you know, we're just a bunch of garbage and, and we're a bunch of losers and, and, uh, but you know, at least you're accepted here. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. doesn't actually work. Right? Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, right. If you're accepted here actually it devalues that you're accepted here. Yeah. It's one of the reasons, just as human beings, that it's very important that you have good self-esteem. Because mm. if you have really good self esteem, your affirmation of the people around you elevates them. Mm. And if you don't, your affirmation doesn't necessarily elevate them. And Ooh. it's one of the reasons that Thinking well of yourself is indeed connected to a kind of altruism. Yeah. You you think well of yourself just like you think well of everybody else. Yeah. You know, and there's something really beautiful about that as leaders. And uh, I don't know how I got off on that tangent, but it
1: was... (laughs) (laughs) It was a word. We are here for it. It was a word. (laughs) It is good. Yeah, I think that's so important to recognize, you know, and I think, you know, what you were saying, Don. there's just such a difference between being you know egotistical or arrogant and having a healthy sense of self and and worth and you know knowing like oh i i have something to offer the world therefore i want to offer it to the world that's not necessarily pride or arrogance that's just in my mind a healthy self identity
2: there's an ancient text i grew up in a in a home and went to church all the time and there was an ancient text that said do not think too low or too highly of yourself or do not think too much or too little of yourself mhm and that's what oh, we always forget is don't think too little of yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we're always trying to humble each other and mostly because we're in competition and we want to put the other person down. <laughs> but what we are, where's are hey, hey, don't think too little of yourself. It's not, it's yeah. of no use to you or anybody else. Yep. And uh, I, th- I thought that's, that's a really good thing to remember in branding and leadership also.
1: Yeah, Amen. so good. Don.
0: I would love to ask you kind of like, I just like a mistake question, right? Like, so what are, In your experience of just like coaching business owners and working with small businesses or big companies, what are three of the biggest mistakes that you see businesses and brands making when it comes to marketing?
2: I mean, the very first one, the big one, and it could cover all three, is they're confusing. (laughs) They're confusing. And so, um, gosh, you know, I I could give you so many examples. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. But man, I really want to just tell you all the examples that I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in my head. Well, I'll give you an example that I use when I talk. And that is that, you know, I, I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan and, um, I love watching the NFL and I'm watching one day and somebody catches a touchdown pass and, um, in the end zone is painted the words crucial catch. And that's it. Just it's crucial catch with three colorful bars. It's clearly some sort of advertisement. And the three colorful bars reminded me of the old Polaroid logo. You know, with Polaroid film, Mm -hmm. so I assumed okay, Polaroid was releasing a line of digital cameras, and I just thought, well, that's a kind of a confusing way to release a line of digital cameras. Well, two weeks later, I discover that this is not a Polaroid logo. (laughs) This is a cancer awareness campaign, and the campaign is crucial catch intercept cancer, but intercept cancer was nowhere on the field, and. I thought, how does that happen? And what happens is this cancer awareness organization, I, I still don't even know who it is, goes to some big giant firm and they say, well, we've got an opportunity within the NFL and you know we got to tie it into football, which is not true. Uh, we've got to, you know, if you catch a football, it's crucial if you oh, if you, if you catch cancer early enough, you know it's crucial, oh in the end zone, it's a crucial catch. Oh, what could be more crucial than catching cancer early? Well, one, that's confusing because you don't really catch cancer. You get mm. screened for it and so on and so on. So and, and what they forgot was that nobody else was in the room when they had that seven-hour conversation.
1: <laughs> so good. And then.
2: End of distribution. All you're putting on that football field is confusion. Yeah. If you would have just painted, l- l- listen to these words. If you would have just been painted, if you would have just painted, promise us you'll get screened for breast cancer. That's it. Yeah. Just Just that. Paint it in the end zone.
1: Yeah.
2: Have every NFL player and NFL coach agree to, to, at some point, if you look at a camera, just say, promise us you'll get screened for breast cancer. I I think you would have saved a million lives. Mm. Because people know what you're talking about. Yeah. And so the number one problem big and small businesses make on their websites and their elevator pitches and their emails and how they talk about their products and their product packaging is... They speak in such a way that you had to be in the room when you came up with yeah. that in order to understand it. Now I will say that to people, and then I'll say, "Okay, tell me what you got." And they will open their mouth and they'll do exactly what I just said. Not to- <laughs> it's you know, it's and then I'll say, well, "What do you mean by that?" And then the next words out of their mouth will be the words that they should have put in their marketing. Mm, and why do you
1: think we do that?
2: I mean, like, I think we're trying to sound sophisticated. Yeah. And cute and clever don't win the day, clarity wins the day. Mm. Especially in a especially if you don't have a billion dollars to educate people on what you're talking about. You know like people say, well Nike said just do it. What's it? Well Nike spent a billion dollars a month showing somebody running with the words just do it. So just do it means run, get outside. And when you have a billion dollars a month, you can be a little bit more elusive. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know if you got ten thousand dollars a month or ten thousand dollars a year you you can't you can't afford that you, you need to be really really clear right so
1: good yeah yeah I love that uh Don we could talk to you forever um but I want to kind of begin wrapping up a conversation and honor your time so we love to ask this question and you can answer this one of two ways if you'd prefer either. Uh, what is the best business advice you've ever received or what is the biggest lesson that you've learned in business? You can take your pick depending on what comes to mind first. Two really good
2: questions. Um, I've been given so much great business advice. I'll I'll give you the one that I think is the the most practical. And the most practical is find two hours of your day, every single day, at the exact same time, and set it aside for the most important things that you can work on. Mm. I, I know for me, it's going to be writing. I'm either writing a book or I'm writing a, you know, a piece of content or a lead generator or I'm creating a product. It's it's always always me sitting and looking at a computer and typing into it. Yeah. So from seven a.m. to nine a.m., including this morning, I sat down and I did that. And, and when I start when I started that about two years ago, I don't. I really don't think I'm exaggerating. When I say uh, my, the, the, the work that I got done in a year tripled.
1: Wow. Without,
2: wow. without adding more hours. Wow. And, it, and the key was not two hours a day. The key was the exact same two hours a day. Mm-hmm. And that you, so, you know, I hate to use a sports analogy, but you know, those two hours are the quarterback and the whole game is about protecting the quarterback. Yeah. Right. Nothing gets to that two hours. Nothing. And you say, well, you know, I got to get my kid out of bed at seven, which by the way, changed for me. It used to be seven to nine and we had a baby and it's definitely eight to 10 now. Maybe <laughs> <So Yeah. laughs> out of bed, change the diaper and we hang out for 30 minutes before mom takes over. So, uh, and I will not change. I don't care if my career goes down the drain. I'm, I'm getting <laughs> that time. So then it changes. It just becomes eight to 10, right? Instead of seven, yeah. seven to nine. You, you can change it around, but the key is it's just a habit. And, you know, you establish that habit, you're... You're absolutely going to succeed, and then and then you've heard this before if you've asked this question. But the the thing that I've learned uh, on the negative side is that uh, mistakes and failures, if you metabolize them and learn from them, uh, are more valuable than successes. Yeah, that they they okay. And I'm not just saying this to encourage people. They are such massive gifts. Yeah. And if you learn from them, you can really be one of the most successful people that you've ever met. Because mm-hmm. it most of the, most most failures shut people down. And you look at you know Elon Musk, and you look at some of these incredibly successful people, and they're they're not given two and a half seconds to any sort of regret. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it, it, it's just it's like what are you talking about? I can't, I don't even remember when I <laughs> failed four minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, remember it, and that—that's it. Because we all we all make mistakes. We never get it right uh, all the time. And we, you know, if you're like me, you go to bed going, "I can't believe I said that stupid thing! <laughs> I Not believe those words came out of my mouth." You know, and um, and it's just it's of no use unless you say, "I can't believe I said that stupid thing." I can learn from that that it's not always appropriate to be self deprecating, and. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to go to bed, think about that, and we'll wake up in the morning and we'll try to do better. If you yeah. can just kind of have that attitude, the sky's the limit.
1: Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's a mindset shift.
2: It is, total mindset
1: shift. I love it. Oh I feel gosh. like it's perfectly tied into the healthy sense of self. Like yeah. <laughs> If you have a healthy sense of self, you're like, oh, woo, messed up there. All right, what can I take from it? And moving on. <laughs> exactly,
2: moving on. So oh good. man,
1: Don! Thank you so much for chatting with us, giving just such
0: wisdom—not only in business but also life—to our listeners. We cannot wait to see you in a couple of weeks. The room is just going to be so exciting at the Heart Conference. So, thank you for being on the show and coming and keynoting at our conference to end us off. Where can everyone find you? Buy your books, all the all the good stuff.
2: Well, the book we talk most about is Building a Story Brand, and you can find it uh, anywhere you buy books. And uh, when you find it, it's got a bunch of tools and uh, and you can use it to clarify your message. And that book is probably, it's probably about 800,000 copies now. And we're seeing tons and tons of businesses write us and say, turns out all that was missing in my business was the way I was talking about it. And Um, the great thing about words is they're cheap. They don't cost anything. You start using the right words and good things happen.
1: Yeah. So good. Amazing. Don, thank you for being here today. It's seriously like a a career-long goal joy to have you on the podcast. So this means a lot to us. Thank you for your time.
2: It was wonderful to speak about the you station.